0: Chapter 12. Afternoon Delight Martin woke up late Sunday morning. He took a quick shower, dressed, and then headed downstairs. Martin couldn't remember the last time he had eaten. Two or three days ago, maybe? Some cereal in Emily's house, he thought. Martin felt like he should be hungry, but strangely wasn't. Martin suddenly had a vivid flash of eating Rosie out last night. She had tasted sweet. His mouth watered at the memory. Martin heard his aunt laughing in the kitchen, and that brought him back to his senses, the shame returning with it. I woke up early this morning and felt twenty years younger, Rosie said. It's like I have all this energy, even after going on a long run this morning. Martin sighed. Time to face the music he told himself. Hi, Martin, Emily said as he entered the kitchen. A large picnic basket sat on the table in front of her. I'm officially free, and I thought we could celebrate. I hope you brought your appetite. He simply smiled and nodded, but found it hard to look at her, especially after what he'd been up to last night. If she had been there instead of Rosie, you wouldn't need to feel this way. The voice at the back of his mind told him, It's her fault that you did what you did. He nodded, but almost immediately regretted it. Rosie drank a glass of water. She wore a sweatshirt and sweatpants, and her sweat had matted on the shirt. Martin stared and could see the outline of her nipples poking behind the fabric. Rosie put her glass down and looked up. Seeing him, she bounced over to him, with a dreamy smile on her face. Rosie pressed her sweaty body close to his. Martin could feel the heat between her legs and was pretty sure she wasn't wearing any underwear. She embraced him, but just as quickly pulled back with a strange look on her face and then shook her head. Her body remembered what had happened, even if her mind did not. Thankfully, Emily hadn't noticed as she busied herself herself by texting on her phone. Martin went to the table and sat down next to her. Emily squeezed his thigh. Her fingers lingered for a moment and then brushed against his crotch. He jumped, slightly at her touch. Emily flashed his suggestive smile at him before pulling her hand away. A few seconds later, she put her phone down and then turned to face him. She pointed at her cheek and asked, Notice anything different about me? Martin forced himself to look, but just as quickly averted his eyes. He shook his head. How could a girl like this possibly love a monster like me? See, I told you he would notice, Emily chirped. Rosie scoffed and then said, Men seldom do. My scars, Emily said triumphantly. They're all gone. That's so wonderful, Emily, Rosie said. What are you using? Um, Emily stammered. It's a new cold cream? Really, Rosie pressed. What's the name of it? I've noticed some crow's feet around my eyes this morning. The joys of getting old, I guess. And would love to try it out. Um, Emily said quietly. I don't remember. Emily turned away, her face blushing. I wasn't looking at your face, Martin blurted out. It seemed an odd and stupid thing to say out loud. Martin, Rosie shouted. She was in mom mode now, and had folded her arms across her chest. That is a very inappropriate thing to say, young man. Emily burst out laughing. It wasn't long before Rosie started laughing, too. Martin stared at both of the women as if they had gone crazy. It's all right, Emily said, letting him in on the joke. At least you're looking. She kissed him on the cheek, breaking the tension in the room. See? The voice at the back of his mind told him. They don't know what you did. You can get away with anything. This time, he did listen, and felt a sort of perverse pleasure growing inside of him. It's weird, Rosie said. She looked at him strangely again, and this brought him back to reality. Martin, you look just like Clark Kent, she said. Martin rolled his eyes. He was getting so sick and tired of everyone telling him that. And Emily, Rosie continued, I never noticed it before. But you look just like Lois Lane, from the old... "'Superman's Girlfriend Comics. "'I mean, you're a little darker than she was.' "'It's the savage in me,' Emily confessed. "'It's uncanny,' Rosie said. "'I think the two of you were made for each other.' Emily's face brightened at the suggestion. Martin, however, saw an opportunity. He wanted to ask his aunt about the weird comic book in her room, but didn't want to arouse her suspicion. "'You like comic books, Rosie?' Martin asked. Rosie rolled her eyes and laughed a little. I guess the secret's out, she said. When I was a kid, I would go around to garage sales, looking for old comic books. Not so much to read, more to try and copy the pictures. By the time I was your age, Martin, I had quite the collection. Well, until my sister Jackie got mad at me about something, and burned them all in the backyard. Because you slept with her boyfriend, Martin thought. But I had already been sending out art samples by then, Rosie continued, and I got a letter back from a small independent company asking me if I wanted to write and draw an ongoing story for one of their anthology books. Wow, Emily said. That's kind of cool. Well, Rosie said, it's actually kind of embarrassing and something I definitely wouldn't want you kids to read. What was it about? Martin asked. Um, well... Remember Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It was like that, Rosie said. Busty barbarian queens, savage hunky guys, you know, that sort of thing. Now I definitely want to read it, Emily said enthusiastically. Rosie chuckled a little and then added, Trust me, you don't. It's pretty bad. But I think I have some back issues in a box up in the attic if you want to see for yourselves. She paused. A dreamy look on her face. After the anthology ended, I did get an offer from a major comic book company to draw a new female centric title they were planning to launch. Apparently, I had a talent for drawing busty women. That's amazing, Rosie, Emily said. Rosie shrugged, but I was married with a baby on the way, so I ended up turning them down. And they ended up canceling the launch of that comic book series anyway. So, it was never meant to be, I guess. Does my dad know about this? Emily asked. Of course. I couldn't keep a secret like that from him, even if I tried, Rosie said. And Joe, he encourages me to keep drawing. She cut off there. Her face was serious for a moment, and Martin could see the sadness lingering in her green eyes. But I don't think anything will ever come of it, she said, flashing a sad smile. Is that the time? Rosie asked, looking up at the wall clock. I better get ready for my shift at the diner. Rosie walked over to the kitchen cabinet, and then bent over as she opened the bottom drawer. Martin immediately focused on her prostrated form. He had had that. That was his. A low, barely audible growl escaped his lips. She soon stood, holding her uniform, and then headed upstairs, "'completely oblivious. "'Emily squeezed his arm, bringing him back. "'You ready?' she asked. "'He nodded. "'Emily smiled and picked up the picnic basket off the table. "'But as they headed out of the door, "'all Martin could think about was his aunt. "'Her body, drenched in sweat, bent over, "'as if offering herself to him. "'Despite the chill in the air, "'Emily was drenched in sweat,' They had only walked about five blocks, but her arms felt like they were ready to snap off. The picnic basket hadn't seemed that heavy when they started out, but now it weighed a ton. Martin had offered to carry the basket for her several times, but she had turned him down each time with a short, I got it. It seemed very important to her to show him that she wasn't some weak-ass girl who couldn't pull her own weight. Her pride all but abandoned her, when she realized they still had at least a mile to go. But as they rounded another corner, she didn't protest too much when Martin simply took the basket from her. They made their way out of town, Emily in the lead, although she did feel slightly annoyed that he seemed to have no trouble carrying the basket at all. Her annoyance turned to excitement when she saw the small gap in the woods just ahead of her. She had almost missed it. The surrounding plant life had grown considerably, since the last time she had been here. Emily beckoned Martin to follow as she disappeared into the jungle. Her mother had shown her this place, and it was the last happy memory Emily had of her. This had been their secret place, back when her mother had still been young and healthy, before the cancer ravaged her body, leaving her nothing but skin and bones. Emily heard Martin clumsily stomping his way down the path to join her, She put a finger to her lips, gesturing for silence. "'We whisper here,' Emily said quietly. "'This is a place of ghosts.' That's what her mother had told her anyway, but she repeated it now with conviction. To her great joy, the weeping willow was still there. "'If you listen close, you can hear the willow sobbing,' her mother had told her. "'For a willow tree can only grow in a place where someone dies.' with great sadness in their heart. Emily strained her ears, listening for that sound now, but only heard the gentle babble of the stream that ran the length of the trail. She took hold of Martin's free hand, leading him down the path. To her delight, the house was still there too. The house had lost some of its luster, dulled as it was by age, but a ray of sunlight shone down upon it, giving it a heavenly glow. She squeezed his hand and rested her head on his shoulder, glad for his warmth right now. This is the house where I want to live some day, Emily confessed. I'm surprised no one's vandalized it, he said. It's supposed to be haunted, Emily answered quietly. An old woman used to live here. And Emily wondered if that old woman had died with sadness in her heart. She turned and slipped into his arms. Thank you for coming with me, she said he nodded. She kissed him. This place means a lot to me, she said, and so do you. Before he could say anything stupid and spoil the mood, she took the basket from him and placed it near the willow tree. Shoot, she said annoyed. I forgot to pack the blanket. Martin quickly solved that problem. He took off his coat and laid it on the grass in front of her. She sat and then patted the makeshift blanket. He took the hint and sat down next to her. Such a gentleman, she said, kissing him on the cheek. Now, she whispered in his ear, fuck me hard. Emily lay back, lifting the hem of her skirt, and then spread her legs. She sighed as he pulled her panties off, already wet in anticipation of the act. Wait, what are you doing? she asked, as he buried his face into her crotch. Emily gasped as his tongue "'spread open the folds of her tiny slit. "'Her body tensed, and then she cried out "'as his tongue played with her clit. "'Oh, fuck!' she screamed. "'Don't stop! Don't stop! Don't stop!' "'Her hand dropped to the back of his head. "'At the same time, she ground her hips in rhythm "'to the flicks of his tongue. "'She didn't last long, crying out "'and squeezing her thighs tied around his head "'as she came hard.' He pulled away, leaving her panting and horny as fuck. He unzipped his pants, not bothering to take them off, just pulling them down enough to expose himself. He fell on top of her, her cum still dripping from his lips. Her body jumped as he pushed into her, and after the initial shock, her legs wouldn't stop shaking. He felt big and heavy, so big and heavy that if she hadn't been so wet, then he would have never been able to fit inside of her. Instinctively, she pushed a hand against his chest to hold him back, but he would not be so easily deterred. She had asked him to fuck her hard, but what he did now was savage, and each pump stretched her tiny slit to the absolute limit. She wrapped her free arm around his neck like a leash and held on. He really is an animal, she thought. To prove her point, he growled and snarled like a dog, with each powerful thrust. The thrusting intensified, growing more hungry and desperate. His cock throbbed inside of her, rendering her helpless and vulnerable to what was about to come. He roared, exploding inside of her, filling her to the brim. A wave of relief washed over her. It was over. And yet, her legs wouldn't stop shaking. Oh my god! She cried softly. She pulled him close, kissing him, tasting herself on his lips. She tasted sweet, like honey. She suddenly gasped. He was still hard. Lust filled her heart, and she could see the burning desire in his eyes. Her eager fingers quickly unbuttoned her sweater, He followed suit, pulling off his own shirt. She had a surprise for him. Something to whet his appetite. She pulled open the sweater and guided his hands to her bare breasts. Would he notice that they had gotten bigger? Touch me here, she said. It was both a request and a command. Her hips bucked underneath him, repeatedly slamming into his groin as he tenderly massaged her breasts. Her hips continued to buck, At the same time, her eyes rolled back into her head, lost in bliss. His mouth closed in around one of her nipples, nipples that were so sensitive, she hadn't even bothered to wear a bra today. She came hard, and the hardness of it shook her back into the waking world, making her scream and scream again. He came a few seconds later, and the hot seed splashing inside of her had an almost calming effect. Her body relaxed, but her legs wouldn't stop shaking. "'I fucking love you,' she cried, pulling him down, and then kissed him over and over again. He pulled free of her, their lust spent, at least, for the moment. She groaned at the loss. He leaned back against the willow, and soon she snuggled up close to him, resting her head on his bare chest. They said nothing, as they enjoyed the calm of their surroundings. But a nagging thought picked at her, not letting her have a moment's peace. Did she really love him? She lusted after him. There was no denying that, especially after what they had just done. But love? In a few months, she would graduate from high school and enter the adult world. What would happen then? Emily really couldn't see herself with any other man. But there were things about him she didn't like. She wished that he would stand up for himself, especially against creeps like Billy and Trunk. But she realized that must be very hard for him, especially considering how he grew up and how terrible his mom had treated him. She also wished he would talk more. He really didn't say much, and it would be up to her to do most of the talking in their relationship. And what about him? Was he happy with her, or was this just some passing fling? She realized now that this boy, the one who had made her so happy, was a lot like her dad, in that they both needed someone to take care of them. At some point, she dozed off, and her troubled thoughts played themselves out in a most vivid dream. Emily saw herself holding a ring out in front of her. The stone inside the ring wasn't a diamond, though. No, it was green. A jade, maybe? An emerald? A kryptonite ring she heard herself say, to keep you and line. The scene shifted. Martin stood next to her, shyly smiling. Behind them lay the Grand Canyon, a moment, forever captured in time. The scene shifted. They were parked in Death Valley at night, and the top of the car had been pulled down. She made love to Martin, riding him in the cool desert air, young and free. The scene shifted again. She was older now, in her 30s. Still, she had to admit, she did look pretty good for her age. She stood in a classroom, surrounded by children. Mrs. All was written on the chalkboard behind her. Oh my god, I'm a teacher! Which kind of surprised her, because she hated school so much. But she was a cool teacher, and she could feel the love and respect her grade school kids had for her. The kids were laughing, and so was she. Then she was alone on the school stairway, crying as she did every year as her grade school kids moved on to middle school. Something told her that she had no kids of her own, but not from lack of trying. The scene shifted again, and what followed now was a montage of images of her straddling Martin, fucking his brains out over and over again, until it ended with her, an old woman, pulling free of him. And again, Emily had to admit that, with the exception of some white hair, and a few lines on her face. She still looked pretty good, for an old lady. Martin looked good, too. He had lost his hair at some point, but he was as skinny as ever. The old woman rested her head on his bare chest, a satisfied smile on her face. Emily woke with a start. Martin was the one. Rosie had been right. They were made for each other. Or whether it was intuition or wishful thinking, she believed it, She believed that all those things she had seen in her dream would come to pass, and that she and Martin would live happily ever after. Something gleamed in the sunlight, catching her eye. Martin wore some sort of weird necklace. How had she never seen it before? The pendant looked hideous. At first it appeared to be a snake eating its own tail, but when she looked again, the snake appeared to be sucking itself off. Her hand reached out. No, Martin cried. The warning came too late. As her fingers closed around it, it felt cold to the touch. Instantly she came, hard, but she felt no relief from it. Her lips curled into a snarl. Fuck me, she growled. Fuck me now. She got on her hands and knees in front of him, offering herself to him. She remembered that the monster between his legs liked it from behind. She needed that monster now, hungered for it, to drill her out, to make her scream. What the fuck are you waiting for? She barked over her shoulder. Put it in. Put it in. She felt his hard cock press against the crack of her ass, and her body shivered in anticipation. But now something sly and perverted filled her thoughts. She wanted him to hurt her, to humiliate her, to treat her like the whore that she was. Put it in my ass, she growled. What? Martin asked. Put it in my ass, she cried. Ye fucking bastard. And like always, he did as he was told. Now she screamed. It hurt. Oh God, it hurt so much. The pain sent a shiver up her spine, but he was reluctant to go any further. She could hear him gasping and moaning as her ass squeezed the life out of his giant cock. His reluctance only increased her lust. Now her inner bitch came out as she braced herself for what was about to come. If he wasn't going to do it, then she would do it herself. All she needed for him was his hard cock. Her lips curled into a wicked little smile, knowing it was going to hurt a lot. She slammed herself back, hard enough that she almost knocked him over. If she had been in her right mind, she might have found that funny, but now she screamed, screamed with a mad and savage fury. He was deep, deep in that place where no man had gone before, so deep, it felt like he was going to split her right in half. She loved, every second of it, loved, being so naughty. Emily slammed herself back again, and once she started, she couldn't stop, impaling herself again and again, on his enormous prick. Every part of her hurt, and she couldn't stop shaking, but she continued to abuse herself, regardless. Her efforts soon produced the desired effect, as he grabbed her hair and thrust wildly into her. She had awakened the beast, and the beast loved to take her from behind. She could feel him in the back of her throat, and she loved that he now made her his bitch. He growled, his hips frantically pumping into her until his cum flooded into her colon. He still had enough humanity to slowly withdraw from her. She snarled and continued to snarl at his retreat. It ended with a pop as he pulled free. But pulling free had left him exposed and vulnerable. In one quick motion, she attacked him straight on. Her lips pulled him into her mouth. He tasted like cum and shit, but a vile hunger drove her on as she sucked him off. Her pace became frantic and did not slacken, as he became hard again inside her mouth. Inside her mouth, however, his throbbing cock tickled her throat as she brought him to an exciting climax. His body twitched, and then he came. Hot seed poured down her throat, satisfying her thirst. He tasted sweet, like honey. She pulled her head back, gasping once she was free of him. Emily sat on her knees, blinking several times, as if coming out of a dream. I'm sorry, she said more to herself than to him. I don't know what came over me. Emily cupped a hand to her mouth. She was going to be sick. She fled to the small stream behind the willow tree. Emily dry heaved a few times, but mercifully did not throw up. When the sickness had passed, She splashed cold water on her face. The cold helped revive her, and she soon felt like herself again. But as Emily sat there, catching her breath, she swore she could hear what sounded like an old woman weeping. Martin had dressed, singling the end of their lovemaking. Part of her felt relieved. She'd have to watch herself with him. He'd made her feel so good, but they had done things that Emily thought she would never do. Things that, frankly she found disgusting. But another part of her liked being so wild and free. That part of her liked being unleashed from the chains of polite society that held her back from sinking completely into debauchery. Her lips pulled back into a wicked little smile. She shook these thoughts away, quickly buttoning up her sweater and smoothed out the hem of her skirt. She had no idea what had happened to her panties, though. Emily shrugged. The skirt was thick enough that even if she were wet down there, it shouldn't soak through. She rejoined Martin, but she had a hard time looking at him, especially after what they had just done, and did her best to avoid his eyes. Are you hungry? she asked. Her voice sounded mostly normal, but her throat felt raw. Thirsty, he said, his voice raspy and hoarse. She took out a six-pack of soda from the basket. Almost immediately... He snatched the entire pack away from her. Martin opened a can and drank it so quickly that some of the liquid spilled from the corners of his mouth and dripped onto his shirt. He discarded the empty can and opened another. He drank the second can down in one gulp. When he reached for a third, she started to laugh. Slow down, she giggled. I'm already impressed by your manliness. He smiled and drank his third soda down. Things felt normal between them now as if the tension had dispersed in the air. Emily snatched a soda from him before he drank the whole pack. She wasn't much of a soda drinker, but the sweetness of the drink felt good on her tongue and washed some of the vial from her mouth. She sipped at a drink and suddenly burped. Sorry, she said, covering her mouth in a very ladylike fashion. Martin hadn't even noticed as he chugged down his fourth can. He reached for the last one, but she took it, and hid it away in the basket. Martin glared at her. She felt a brief moment of fear. He had a wild look in his eyes that reminded her of a wolf. Let's save that one for my dad. He'd never forgive us if we drank it all. He nodded slowly, satisfied with that answer. He smiled, his kind smile, and rested his back against the willow again. His smile put her at ease, and she sat next to him again, I love you, she said quietly. He patted her head like a dog. Emily lifted his coat and her face went red. The coat was completely soaked and not from the grass. Sorry, she said. I guess I got a little carried away. It's all right, Martin said, reaching for it. Emily shook her head and pulled it close to her chest. I'll clean it for you and give it back to you, she said. You you don't have to do that, Martin told her. Emily shook her head again and let out an exasperated sigh. God, she said, don't you know anything about women? He looked at her confused. If I clean it, then I'll have an excuse to see you again, she explained. He cocked his head to one side and then shook his head. I'm a girl, hello, she said, as if that explained everything. He was still confused. Okay, look, she said now, I can't just come over and say... Put your dick in me. He still wasn't getting it. And again, Emily sighed in exasperation. Just trust me, she said. It's not how girls do things. But if I have some excuse like, Oh, here's your jacket. Then one thing leads to another. And what do you know? Your dick is inside of me. And we're going at it like rabbits. See? Before Martin could say anything else, a car horn sounded, and Emily ran out of the woods. Sheriff Joe waited for them. Emily rushed ahead. Martin followed close behind. She leaned forward, peering into the passenger side window. Her skirt had ridden up a little, partially exposing her bare ass. Hi, Daddy, Emily said. Did you kids have a good time? Joe asked. The best, Emily answered. Well, get in, Joe said, opening the door. I'll give you guys a ride home. Emily quickly slipped into the passenger seat. Martin reluctantly got into the back. In the back seat... He felt like a caged animal. There were no handles on the door, and a wire mesh separated him from the front. Joe pulled out into traffic. When he had driven a little, Joe called back over his shoulder. Just so you know, Martin, Joe said. As a dad, I have a psychic ability to know where my daughter is at all times. That's how I knew you'd be here. Shut up, Emily said, punching her dad lightly in the shoulder. I texted him before we left, she explained, and told him to pick us up. You know, so we wouldn't have to walk the two miles back. Just keep telling yourself that, Emily, Joe said. Emily scoffed. She had her cell phone out, and now asked, Martin, what's your cell phone number? I don't have one, Martin said quietly. What? Emily said in disbelief. But everyone has a cell nowadays. Martin shook his head, and then explained, Rosie doesn't make that much at the diner. "'Summer doesn't work, and whatever I make at the library, I usually give to Rosie for groceries.' Martin stopped. "'Shit,' he thought. "'I was supposed to work at the library today. "'God, I hope Tracy isn't too mad at me for that. "'Maybe if I explain I was with a girl and lost track of time?' "'Well, this won't stand,' Emily said dramatically. "'I'm afraid you can't be my boyfriend if you don't have a cell phone.' "'Emily,' Joe snapped. "'I mean, what if I need to text you, Martin, for an emergency makeout session?' Emily said haughtily. "'You guys make out?' Joe asked, eyeing his daughter sternly. "'What do you think Martin and I do together?' Emily asked. "'I don't like to think about it at all,' Joe said. "'But I imagine you guys look longingly into each other's eyes, dreaming of the day when you two are married and can have sex. Until then, you remain blissfully innocent.' That's it exactly, Emily answered, nodding her head. Wow, you really are psychic. Told you, Joe answered. Don't worry, Martin, Emily said. I'll hook you up so you can still be my boyfriend. Behind the wire mesh, Martin smiled and nodded. He was actually having a good time, just listening to Emily and her dad banter back and forth. Best of all, neither one of them seemed to mind that he wasn't saying much. What's for dinner? Joe asked. Why are you asking me? Emily said, reverting briefly into a bratty teenager. I ask, Joe said patiently, because maybe Martin would like to join us? Emily brightened. Martin, do you want to come to dinner? She asked excitedly. Yeah, Martin, you could eat around again. Martin nearly jumped when he heard the voice in the back of his head. You know, an even better idea would be to give Sheriff Joe there a big fat cock and have him shove it into his daughter's tiny little slit. Then you could have him come over and over again, filling Emily up until her belly burst. Martin's eyes darted to the window. Outside, the sun began to set. No, he thought, not now. Trust me, Martin, the voice cooed. There are times when Joe doesn't see her as his daughter at all, but as his wife. And Emily... Well, you've seen what a whore she can be. No, Emily said, pouting. Are you sure? We have chicken sandwiches. Are those the ones with the tomato spread instead of mayo? Joe asked. Mm Mm-hmm, Emily nodded and then said, We even saved you a Coke, Dad. I could kiss you, Emily, Joe said. See, he wants it, the voice said to Martin now. Why deny him? The sin. Sorry, Dad. Martin has first dibs on that, Emily answered. Why not spice things up? The voice said now. Add Rosie to the mix. She aches for your big, fat cock. Martin squirmed in his seat. He felt a sharp pain in his groin, and his cock hardened and stretched. You fuck Rosie, Joe fucks Emily, and the girls fuck each other. No... Martin gasped. Please. Are you all right, Martin? Emily asked. Martin shook his head. Do it, Martin. The voice screamed. Martin clutched his stomach as another sharp pain pulled at his grind. It's so easy, Martin. The voice cooed again. And you can make them forget after. Just like you did with Rosie. Of course their minds may forget. But their bodies never will. And they'll hunger for the sin "'Always and forever, like Rosie does now.' "'Daddy!' Emily cried. "'Pull over. I think Martin's going to be sick.' Joe made a disgusted face and quickly parked at the curb. Even before her dad turned off the engine, Emily jumped out of the car and rushed to the back. She let Martin out, and he fell onto the curb. "'Martin!' Emily cried. "'Are you all right?' Her hand reached for his forehead checking to see if he had a fever. But Martin pushed her hand away. I'm fine, he growled. Emily stepped back, and he could see the look of both worry and confusion on her face. Claustrophobic, he said, his voice softer now. Just need some fresh air. He stood. Emily's eyes went wide as she saw the enormous bulge in his pants. Then her eyes narrowed as she licked her lips. I'll call you later, he said. He fled before she could stop him. He knew what he had to do. To save Emily, to save Joe, to save himself, someone else would need to be sacrificed to feed his ever-growing hunger.